Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's raccoon hunting season, which is something I had no idea existed. And to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of our, you know, neighborhood trash pandas, but I don't want to see them suffer. I'm here with Rebecca Reed, co-founder of the advocacy group Scrap the Trap, to learn how to deal with our furry frenemies more humanely. It's Tuesday, November 1st. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Rebecca, what's the biggest myth about raccoons? A lot of people think that all raccoons have rabies. A lot of people think that if you see a raccoon out in the daytime, it means it has rabies for sure. That's that's like the only thing I do know about raccoons. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, is that the, if they're out during the day that they're sick. I I do operate out of fear around yeah. them, but I still wouldn't want to hurt them. I don't think I'd ever want to set a trap because for one, I don't want to have to deal with that. You know, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather them be handled in a more humane way. But, you know, knowledge is, is a great way of conquering fear, right? And I think the more you know about these animals, I mean, a, norm, a wild animal in the city of Pittsburgh is not going to come after you unless something is horribly wrong. And going back to the the raccoons in daylight thing, because it is a recurring thing, and a lot of people do think that. And and now we have like Facebook and Nextdoor, and we get people on there going, oh, you know, <laughs> it must have rabies. There's a lot of misinformation. Oh, yes. boy. It's a, yeah. Nextdoor in particular is a fountain yeah. of misinformation. <laughs> but no, especially in, in the spring, it's very common to see mama raccoons out because they're nursing babies and they're hungrier than they would usually be. So it's quite common to see them out in the day. Another time that it's quite common to see them out in the day is when we've had very cold periods in winter and they'll hunk- hunker down for a few days. And when they come out, they're sort of more eager to eat. So they might be seen out in the daytime. But if there's any signs of abnormality, then that is the time where I would say, yes, call animal control, get help. What is Pittsburgh's current trapping system? Well, you know, that's kind of a good question because we've had trouble getting updates about what's going on now. But historically, they have had what basically amounts to a free trapping rental system where Mm -hmm. a resident who perceived they had a problem and the problem could run from, I saw a groundhog go through my yard to there's a raccoon in my daughter's bedroom, right? So obviously there's a big range of actual risk level. Who And who are they, who are these people, who are you calling? Like, who were they calling at this? They would be calling animal control, the city okay. of Pittsburgh animal control. Mm-hmm. And this is the city of Pittsburgh strictly that I'm talking about. I mean, the suburbs have their own systems. Um, so they would call in and then animal control would deliver a trap to them. Um, it, it would be the resident's responsibility to set the trap and bait the trap and catch the animal when they catch the animal. And there's re- generally speaking, there's no guarantee you're going to get the target animal anyway, especially mm-hmm. if the trap is outside. Um, then animal control will come and pick up the trap for you. And in the case of what are referred to as rabies vector species, which is a scary name referring to, let me see, raccoons, groundhogs, skunks, Bats, foxes, coyotes, you're unlikely to be trapping a coyote in a city trap. But um, in the case of those animals, um, they are, quote unquote, euthanized by animal control. And we're talking about healthy animals in the vast majority of cases, right? Um, That in itself is really a counterproductive thing to be doing, because at the same time, 
Um, Allegheny County has for several years now been running a um, a rabies vaccination program for raccoons to to you know lower the the rabies rate um, in Western Pennsylvania, and it's been pretty successful. They've done done blood titer tests and they've been doing a good job with this program, but it makes no sense at all to be investing in a program to get raccoons vaccinated and then to be sort of randomly trapping them because who are you likely to trap in a baited trap? You're going to get the healthy animals. You're not going to get the rabid animals, right? Right. It makes a lot of sense that we have a lot of these, you know, animals in our own backyard. Right. Right. So, I mean, what makes sense is, is it to just sort of randomly trap and have the people who don't want them around randomly trap them? Or do we help people coexist with them so right. that, yes, those animals are there, but they're not causing a problem. They're not getting into your vegetable garden. They're not getting into your house. Moreover, I mean, another thing that we found out when we um, we did an information request and we found out that there were what we refer to as frequent flyers, where people just use this quote-unquote service all the time. And often to the dismay of their own neighbors, you know, who'd have to see these poor animals carted out constantly in, in traps. And it's upsetting for the neighbors too. How many, how many people were using it? Like, well, was it, was it a, a highly used? No, no. Service? I mean, no. when we did oh. this, when we did the, um, the informations, that's why we did it. We, we got, we, we got a, a shoebox full of, um, records um, dating back several years. And at that point, there were about 400 trapping sites in the city. So mm. when you compare that to the population, that's a really small you know, number of people. And like I said, some of those are just using the service over and over again. Um, is it is it painful for the animal? Like, what happens in the trap? What is it? What is it? It's very like? stra- it's very stressful. I mean, it's hard to say that you know, um, trapping itself is is the inhumane part because yeah. you know you you also have cat rescue people doing TNR programs across the city, right? And that they use traps for that for a productive purpose. So sometimes a trap is a necessary thing in helping an animal. But in this particular case, um, no, it's highly stressful for the animal. And um, these animals can end up being trapped for several days. One of the things that we dug up in the records we found was that there were numerous cases of people, literally in one case, somebody, they left on vacation and left a mother possum and her babies in a trap to die you know yeah there's that's there's clearly a lot of animal welfare issues there outside of that though does it does that version of trapping actually work at reducing wildlife no 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 because it it, it's one of those sort of biological uh phenomena that you can't really trap out a population of animals. And in some, with some species, you can actually make things worse mm-hmm. because by taking some of the animals out, the ones that remain sort of just boom and do really well. But typically in the neighborhoods where there are issues, then you will see that there will be particular people in certain areas that will just throw out their garbage, you know, and then that food is there. So the more food that's available for a raccoon family, the more rac- those raccoons are going to hang around that neighborhood and the more of a problem you have. Are there any other cities that are doing it better than Pittsburgh? Or like, are we a total outlier? Because obviously there's little neighborhoods that might be doing it better. But There's a lot of cities that have been looking into more humane um, approaches. Um, the Humane Society of the United States actually has um, a wild neighbors program that they've been working with a lot of 
cities across the country. And, you know, it, it does, it looks a little bit like, you know, um, your your list of like progressive cities for America. Mm-hmm. If you look, it's like Austin and places like that, you know, yeah. places in Oregon and all that. There are definitely... Um, there are definitely some very good examples. Quite a few places around the Denver area have mm-hmm. been looking at a much more humane, coexistent, sort of preventative approach. And and they're not just dealing with raccoons and opossums there. They're dealing with coyotes and bears and, you know, things. Large so, animals. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if they can do it, then we can do it, too. Does the city think that it's a problem? To be blatantly honest, my interactions with the city tell me that they just don't want to have to deal with the people who are used to having the service and that who will call in and complain over and over if it's removed. But again, I'd go back to let's stop it happening in the first place. You know, let's educate people. And instead of animal control officers, you know, spending their time going out, dumping traps, picking up traps at taxpayer expense, right? Yeah. Maybe their time can be better used in educating people. And I know that's some of the animal control officers from just from talking to them. I know that's what they want. You know, they don't particularly enjoy having to take healthy animals and, and, you know, and kill them, basically. That's not what they signed up for necessarily. And I think they would definitely be interested in, in having a more proactive educational approach. Rebecca Reed is the co-founder of Scrap the Trap. We'll have our suggestions for how to manage our wildlife responsibly in our show notes. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. It's nice talking to you. A little more news before you go. The state legislature recently voted to allow self-driving cars on public roads Without a human operator inside, I do not like that. I didn't vote for that. Uh, But there's one less tech company working on these very unsettling driverless vehicles. In a weird coincidence, the bill was approved just hours before Argo AI, a self-driving tech company based here in Pittsburgh, announced it's shutting down after losing funding. And Mayor Ed Ganey is calling for people to share information that could help get illegal guns off the street and curb violence in the city. His plea comes after six people were injured in a shooting outside Destiny of Faith Church in Brighton Heights on Friday. The shooting took place during the funeral service for a young man who was also the victim of gun violence. Police have arrested a 16 and a 19-year-old in connection with the attack. And it's been a tough time here in Pittsburgh. Police say the homicide rate is the highest it's been in at least seven years. We're thinking of everyone who's been affected by this violence and continues to be. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us love in the form of a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter and also keep your trash secured. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. It's like a little dog show over there. And I'm always like, is it weird that I'm like <laughs> watching people's dogs? Uh.